Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. In the outskirts of Corum's realm, Darwin and Aranis are reunited with Vale. Far from a peaceful reunion, they had to contend with a surprise assault by Colonel Faybrook. Except, he wasn't in control. An emotional and vengeful Lorraine revealed herself within him. Despite getting the drop on Vale, she was no match for the combined forces of Iolana, Suppression, Barreras, Karis, Aranis, and Darwin. Colston's attempts to aid from across the river of damned souls simply were not enough. Before Lorraine's soul vanished forever, he swam through the river, the souls there stripping him of nearly his whole being. Then, watching his beloved vanish, he joined her in oblivion. The recently deceased and oddly knowledgeable Churlet Az and his band of souls don't know exactly where you are, but you can be assured that he is looking for you. What do you do? And remember, you have both of your characters here. I'm pretty sure that the last thing I asked last time was, Dad, where did you learn how to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying you want to have a heart-to-heart with your father, which is a heart-to-heart with yourself? Yeah, which is like, that's super awkward, but I feel like we're not getting out of that particularly. (laughs) Okay. Aranis wants to have uh, a little father-son time. Yeah. Before we get into that, let's see what other people want to be up to. Darvin, Suppression, Eolana Vale. Darvin's giving us the Darvin <laughs> shrug over there. <laughs> the patented Darvin shrug. Mm. Okay. Because <laughs> if the strongest motivation right now is to have a father-son talk, yeah, we can totally do that. That's okay. Not to be a dick, but I'm going to be a dick. Oh, no, Welcome no, back, I'm not vale. a complete dick. Go ahead. Vale's intention is to check in with the new person who they know is an assassin. I know that sounds weird, and I don't want to have a conversation with myself. And I can summarize the whole conversation really easily, but... Can I ask a question real quick first? Yeah. When Vale and Iolana are talking shop, are you speaking in common, or is this all in Thieves' Cont? At this point, there is no need to do that, because everybody in this group is on the inside. So there's no need to talk around it, thank God. Um, So we're not having a weird conversation about butchers and flowers and May Day parades. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. 
No, yeah. So there's no thieves con. Okay. In that situation. Okay. Yeah, I'm very curious about the summary of the conversation between Vale and Eolana. So you want to start there? Yeah, I want to start there. Cool. It's it's quite simple. Vale has you know a specific task in mind. What needs to be done? Um, knows that they're on the clock, so they're going to walk up to Eolana. And the basic summary of the conversation is they ask Eolana for a kind of sit rep, for lack of a better ter- better term, of what's going on with this group and their path to this meeting so that Vale can plan out the group's next step. Very much Vale has stepped up and is like, I'm leading this group out of here because we need to get out of here and needs to know mm-hmm. what the Vale group doesn't know. Like they don't know that you, the, for lack of a better term, the Iolana group is being tracked by a group of people that want to essentially force mm-hmm. themselves out of the realm of quorum. So it's really just an opportunity for the Vale group to get all the information that the other group has and then plans to be made. Okay. Aranis. What do you want to tell us about your conversation with your father? Oh, basically having watched my dad just like kick that thing's ass. I I would have asked what in the heck happened, right? After after he died, so I would get like his whole story which we already went into previously. Mm-hmm. And just like what happened after he died and then I would want to tell him that that my that that my mom is dead. Oh. All right. Question for Barreras then. Well, and also that it's my fault. Ooh, we're gonna put that out there like that. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell him like what happened, but but yeah. Okay. Okay. Question for Barreras then. Sure. Hearing that your former partner has died, how do you react to that? I think. I mean. Because after Arnis was born, he never saw her again, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't allowed to. So it's been a long time. So I don't think there's a particular, like, there's not, I I think, I think the reaction is actually like relief that he might actually get to see her again Mm -hmm. and more wanting to like kind of comfort Arnis that like, this isn't, this isn't your fault. There's no way you could have known that that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Right, like you can't, you can't put all that stuff on your shoulders. Oh, that's very touching. You know, all that parent crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, between Aranis and Barreras, is there any physical affection? And if so, who initiates it? I think it would be Barreras that initiates it. Like after Aranis is kind of done telling him, right? Like mom's dead. It's my mm-hmm. fault. Uh, Arnis is not doing well with the whole thing, and Barreras's impulse would be just to like put his arm around him. As we're, I mean, we're still walking, right? We're like walking and talking, but just yeah, yeah. This doesn't have to be stationary, but just to like put an put an arm around him, like it's so, mm-hmm. like not not like it's okay, but just yeah, the comforting arm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's very sweet. I feel very bad for Barreras and Arnis right now. It's okay. Just hit me again, Scott. You've hit me like 35 times in the last few sessions. Keep them coming. Let's go. I don't know what you're talking about. All the feels. Make it happen. Go. Okay. So if there's no other pressing interpersonal uh, communications information to be shared, then yeah, let's get a move on. So we're definitely going to the cave, right? That's the path yeah. that uh, Vale's going to suggest, given that it's in the opposite direction of the group that's hunting the other group. Yeah, Charlotte and his band of 
angry. Well, not angry souls. Uh, they they just hold some uh, disdain for you all. Okay. Well, then, yes, let's get to this cave. Colonel Faybrook, despite having been inhabited by Lorraine, definitely remembers like what he was made to do and like where he was. So this isn't a new place for him. It's not unfamiliar. But I think as you head inside, he warrants caution. Look, I, I don't know what you've been told about this place or, like, well, this place, Corm's Realm, or this place, this cave in particular, but it's not safe. So if we're going to be uh, if we're going to be going in here, if we're going to be doing something in here, we should probably be quick and keep our wits about us. Okay. Is there any reason why we wouldn't be keeping our wits about us? That is uh, Iolana speaking, not Vale. <laughs> uh, you, you all seem to be having a little bit of a reunion there. Just saying, don't get distracted. Okay. As I've mentioned before, as you go in the cave, the tunnel angles up, and away from the ground level, so to speak. There is one bit of business that we have to do in here. Well, don't have to. That you've been advised to do in here. That, that hasn't been taken care of yet. You all have your your anchors. Well, at least Darwin, Aranus, and Evilana do. And presumably M. Yes. But you do have an extra one for Vale. Correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. In which case, uh, it's been advised that, you know, Vale attuned to it to make the return oh, yeah. trip, uh, you know, actually back to where it is everybody else is going. I think um, once we get a little ways into the cave, Yolanda would stop the group and suggest that we use the safety of the cave as an opportunity to do that. Okay. Okay. Lucky for Vale, their whole body is here. They don't get to have any weird out of back into body experiences in Capris where they get to see how things have progressed or have, you know, legs stolen from them. <laughs> right. <laughs> that shit is wow. Uh, so uh, is everybody comfortable with just setting up a little, I don't know, a little, it doesn't have to be a full on camp, but it's yeah. an hour while Vale does this. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then There's enough of us. So watch should not be a uh, very hard, we're all kind of on edge anyways. I mean, well, if it's we're an stopping, hour. If we're stopping for an hour, does anybody like need Yeah, I'm healing? thinking about I'm thinking about taking a hit die. Okay. If anybody wants to use hit dice right now, go ahead. Yeah. And then we'll get to some of the fun things that are going to happen. So, if you decide to use hit die, remember that because I'm awesome, you can add an extra d8 to one of your rolls. Nice. Is that all I have to do just to add a d8? Yeah. So like you get you get one extra D eight. Okay. For free. Like if as long as you use hit dice, you get one extra D eight for free. Nice. Then yeah, I'm gonna take a hit die. I'm gonna take a couple. Hey Aranus. Yeah. Question for Aranus. Yes. Did you take any damage? Yes. How much are you healing up? I mean I after was, you roll, of course. I yeah. hang on, let me roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm healing for 10. Oh, Herreras is going to heal too. Okay. So back to my question. Aranus, how much did you heal for during this short rest? 10. Okay. Aranus, as you're healing up, the patch of withering that you have 
on the side of your head grows and extends down your neck and up your scalp. That's all. You can just hear like as like as he's as he's doing this, just like the like stream of like whispered swear words like under his breath. <laughs> now then, as Vale is attuning to this anchor, I need everybody else to roll some perception. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Iolana. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Suppression? Um, hang on, I haven't figured that one out yet. Sorry. How about Darwin? Darwin is 17. Ooh, nice. A man. Five. All right, I got you. Darwin already got a 17. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Sure, sure it is. All right. <laughs> Barreras, what did you get? 17. <laughs> All right. Aranus. 25. Holy shit. <laughs> See what I mean? It's, it's pretty good. Okay. Well, in that case, everyone except for Veil and Suppression. Did I give you Veil stats? No, Veil because didn't Vale get to roll. Veil's a tuning. Oh, right, right. Yeah, duh, duh. yeah. I mean, it doesn't put you into trance or anything, but I think you're, like, you're focused on this new magic thing and healing up. I'm busy. Yeah. Veil's got a lot of shit going on, okay? <laughs> Actually, wait, Eolana only got a 14, so it is really just the other four. As you're in the cave here, and Vale is attuning to this anchor. Darwin, Suppression, Aranus, and Barreras. You all hear the sound of approaching footsteps near the entrance of the cave. It is several people by the sound of it. Aranus, with your bloody 25. I'll give you a little bit more. You know it's at least five people. And one of those sets of footsteps is much, much heavier. Because as you'll recall, there's a giant in that group. I I relay this information to my compatriots. And as I receive this information, I being Iolana, I'm going to ask uh, about how big would you say is the uh, cave entrance? Let's say somewhere between 15 and 20 feet. That's uh, wide? How tall? No, about the, like that's a uh, radius. Oh, cool, cool. All right. Can Roughly. Second. Like, there's probably parts of it that are a little bit wider or narrower or taller or shorter. And how much more time does uh, Vale need? A bit. Not much. I mean, maybe 10 minutes. Okay. I mean, at this point, is anybody planning on going out of the cave? We're going to make a stand here. Yolanda has things they can do, but they want to, they're going to, okay, let's, let's do this in case. <laughs> um, so upon hearing this, Yolanda asks, do we intend to make our stand here? Or do we want to go out and meet them? I'm not leaving Vale. Cool. Um, would you like me to seal the cave? I can do it temporarily-ish. Wait, what? I can create an ice wall that's (laughs) 15 feet high and 60 feet long. So it'll be about (laughs) the top five feet of it would be, you know, accessible. But That is fucking badass. Nice. I've been waiting for time to do it because I wanted to try and use it as a circle-y cage, but it won't work like that. But I can create an ice wall. Do it. Oh, my gosh. Cool. Okay. Uh, All right. Where in the cave, where in this tunnel are you putting this ice wall? My intention, because it can be like, it is 60 feet long and 15 feet high. I want to put it like just on the outside of the cave. So it's literally like a barrier between getting into the cave and being outside of the cave. If that makes sense. Creating essentially a a barricade. 
So I thought the cave was like in and then up to where we are now. Yeah, it's like a it angles up. My only question for Iolana then is: so you want to go out there to where all the people are, and no, I just need to be able to see the spot where it's going to launch from. Oh, it doesn't have to originate from you. Yeah, no, it doesn't need to originate from me. It says uh, it's an action you create all of ice, at least one portion of which must be within sixty feet of you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Very nice. I thought it was like a line directly from you. I didn't know you could start it elsewhere. Perfect. In which case, let's see. Fucking ice wall. Yeah, of course. Um. (laughs) With a giant on the other side of it, it's not going to hold for long, but it'll delay them and do some damage to them. All right. Are you trying to be sneaky about this? I only need to get 60 feet near where I'm shooting for, so no. (laughs) In which case, then, I don't think it's going to be a secret that this wall was placed by someone within the cave. It's not just a spontaneous ice wall. Mm-hmm. They will know someone came down and placed this wall, but because of the way, because of the way the tunnel is shaped and how it angles up, they probably won't get a bead on you directly. But yeah, <sighs> I like it. I like it a lot. It's fun. I like when characters have tools. Mm-hmm. So you place this ice wall directly in front of the entrance to the cave. And there's lots of, I don't want to say concerned voices, more agitated. Ooh, very good question here. Iolana, if -hmm. someone happens to be in the spot where this wall is getting created, what happens to them? Uh, It doesn't actually say in this. No? Uh, It gives stats for if someone damages the wall. It doesn't say if someone's actually in the spot when it is created. What's it called? Ice wall? Uh, Ice barrier. In the Mastery of Ice on page 19. Oh, it's a it's not a spell, it's a skill. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's why. That's that's probably why it's incomplete. Let's see here. Concentration. AC 12, 30 hit points. A creature that damages the wall with a melee attack takes cold damage equal to the damage the creature dealt to the wall. What? Yep. It hurts to punch the wall? Uh, it's ice. Uh, so the... <laughs> If you're looking at, just to give you an idea of how they word it for the Wall of Ice spell, it says, if the wall cuts through a creature's space when it appears, the creature within its area is pushed to one side of the wall and must make a deck save, and then on the failed save, it does damage on this spell. But but there's like no chance of uh, somebody being frozen within the wall. No. Okay. That was mostly what I was looking for, because I think that would be hilarious, but I think the fact that it's going to hurt to break this wall is already good enough. All right. Iolana forms this wall of ice. Sorry, Iolana forms this ice barrier. And there's agitated sounds from the other side. Rumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, we were so close. They must be in here. And then do you hang around there, Iolana, or are you going back up to the group? Oh, no, I'll go back up to the group. <laughs> from where everybody's at in the cave, you can hear people banging on this wall of ice, trying to break through it. There's exclamations of pain as they realize that it hurts. And then everybody roll perception again. Also, uh, everybody except for Veil. Let's start from the bottom this time. Aranus. 15. Barreras. 12. Darwin. 16. Suppression. 11. And Iolana. 14. Hmm. Nothing terrible, but nothing great. As you're in the cave and you're hearing Churlet's group attempt to break through the wall, you feel a tremor. And at first, you think it's because they're hitting the wall with such great force that something is shaking. But then the tremor happens again, 
and it happens stronger. And it is very clear that this is not just from someone beating up on an ice wall. This feels like the start of an earthquake. Uh-oh. I don't know how many of you have experienced an earthquake before. I mean, that's really up to you whether or not like, oh yeah, I know what an earthquake feels like or, oh shit, the world is shaking. Well, I mean, besides the time that like everything was shaking and we left that massive crater in Capris. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a okay. real earthquake. It was a fake earthquake, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Do earthquakes happen on this continent? Sure. Why not? In which case, then, Arnis has probably experienced them before. Darwin, you have any experience with earthquakes? Yeah, if, they're, if they happen on this continent, he'd have experienced yeah. one or two. Okay, okay. I don't know if maybe we were, like, being a rich boy out at sea when they happened and just didn't know. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> he was on his yacht at the time. His family has, like, a staff wizard to protect, to predict earthquakes so he could always be on a yacht when they come. <laughs> A staff wizard? And I'm just now finding out about this? Yeah. Excuse me, I have to take a note. <laughs> the Grim Family Grim Family Staff Wizard. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something I could picture your dad doing. <sighs> okay. The pulsing of the tremors increases in strength, duration, and frequency. You can see bits of rock tumble down from the ceiling. Not large pieces yet, just debris. Just things that would be annoying to get hit by, but nothing damaging, at least not yet. And it's during these tremors that you all hear a section of Iolana's ice barrier get knocked down, and you hear a rush of footsteps coming towards you. Cool. We are sitting at the top of an incline, right? Yeah, the whole... Cave tunnel system angles up. Yolanda's got one more trick up her sleeve to buy us some more time. Oh, shit. I'm an idiot. It's too late to do it now. <laughs> Could have spent my entire time making a glyph of warning. Mm. <sighs> Didn't Not do it. Smart. Yeah, that would have been brilliant. Didn't do it. So it's too late. That would have been fun. But now Yolanda's yep. got some toys to play with. Yep, I guess so. Because Arnis is a dum-dum. <laughs> Arnis just met his dad, so it's okay. I guess re-met his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long is this incline that we're at the top of? Uh, I mean, it's re- how far did you go into the cave? It's not all a straight shot. It's not just a ramp. But uh, I mean, how much space do you need here? No, I just want to know how far away we are from the door so I can gauge where I want to put this. I'm not sure how. Yeah. The question goes back to you guys. How deep did you go into the cave before you stopped and set up your little station? We would have gone quite a ways, I would imagine. Like- like 100 feet, 300 feet, 500 feet? I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I can keep throwing out numbers until somebody says yes. We could play no, places it's... right here with a little yodeling man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Aww. How deep in this cave do you want to be? Always, he always falls off the cliff. Yeah. Yodeling That's man. why I picked the yodeling man. Um, he always dies. I would say at least 300 feet, mm-hmm. unless somebody else wants to make a pitch for further than that. Cool. Okay, so yeah, we're 300 feet in. Then I'm going to stand at kind of the top of the incline where we are, and about 60 feet from where I am, I'm going to create a sheet of ice using ice sheet. Ooh, and what does ice sheet do? The ground in a 20-foot radius centered on that 
point becomes covered in ice for 10 minutes. It's difficult terrain, and any creature that moves more than 10 feet on it must succeed on a deck save or fall prone. If the surface is sloped, a creature that falls prone is immediately slides <laughs> to the bottom of the slope. <laughs> oh, yes. I swear I didn't look at what you can do as a mystic when when I was building this. And oh mm-hmm, my gosh. Mm-hmm, play to all of Eolana's strengths. <laughs> How long does this ice sheet last? Sorry. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm, okay. I'm done. For now. <laughs> okay. So Ilana lays down a sheet of ice just below you in the cave. <sighs> what are other people doing? Darwin, Suppression, Aranis, Barreras. What are you doing as Ilana makes this ice? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking on in a mixture of like impressed and completely terrified. Like, oh my God, don't ever get on her bad side. <laughs> Same, more or less. Okay. Nothing that you want to prepare. Oh, um, maybe. I want, um, no, hang on. Since we're all kind of in a spot and they're going to be like coming up this thing. Mm -hmm. As soon as I can see them all, I want to cast Fairy Fire on their location. Okay. I can certainly have that spell prepped and ready to go. Darvin, Suppression, do either of you want to prepare anything? Maybe just a... Defensive stance, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can certainly have a defensive stance that gives, like, actually using the, what is it, the defend action. Yeah, that. Giving your enemies disadvantage for hitting you, which is pretty handy to have. Barreras is going to take off his shield, and he's going to do the same thing. Take a Why are you taking point. off your shield? No, Don't you like, want it? Well, yeah, like, like he's, I, assuming it was, like, on his back. Oh, oh, he's going so to wield his shield He's going to wield his shield. Yeah, sorry. Okay, that makes more sense. And and do the same thing. Take a defensive stance. Okay. In which case, so as you're taking up your stances and preparing your spells and laying down this ice, the frost giant Chief Durkroff is the first to come around the bend with Churlet as just behind him. And then Pernicious and a couple of thugs. And Aranus, I believe you had some magic ready. Yes, I cast fairy fire on them. <laughs> Uh, what do they have to do? They need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. What's the DC? 17. God, you got to stop leveling up. I don't like this. <laughs> Refuse. Wow. Okay. Both to your sass and then also to these dice. <laughs> that is an 18 and a 19 on the dice for Churlet and the Chief. Pernicious fails, as do the cronies. I'm imagining these are thugs that you killed probably early in your time in Karami. I mean, there was that one teenage kid that you just psychically murdered. Yeah, I did do that. Which was real fun. (laughs) But then also there was like members of, uh, how have I already forgot the name of my, my badass mercenaries that Kashmiral was a part of? The Tarnished Hand. The Tarnished Hand. There we go. Yes. Tarnished Hand. It was in the outtakes. So That's the only reason I have it on my head. The the ones who came and uh, who you murdered in the bar. Oh, that's right. We did do that. So yeah, everybody except for Churlet and Chief Deercroft are now glowing with what color of light? Purple. Still purple. All right. All right. Always. Seeing the ice, I think 
Churlet and the chief both stop. Like they can see, oh, this is meant to be like a trap or, you know, you're doing something here and they are trying to be safe. The thugs with them, though, do not pay any attention. They come rushing around the corner and start heading up directly towards you and immediately just slip and fall and slide their way back down. And I think I think the first thing that's going to happen is Churlet is going to try to talk with you. You've got the high ground after all. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it only counts if you can't fucking force jump. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Churlet quickly assesses the situation and raises a hand up to kind of tell everybody to wait. Took a while, but we were able to find you again. Very nice work with the ice. I love what you're doing here. He kind of like scans the group of you. No, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He scans the group of you and he just points at Iolana. Your work, I imagine. Iolana just stares at him and her cape continues to billow in the cave that has no wind in it. (laughs) Fucking creepy. Now, while while my compatriots here may hold you responsible for their deaths. Well... He looks at Iolana again like, I do have reason to blame you for mine as well. That's not exactly why I'm here. Revenge is nice, but I just want to get this information back out to Ezabeth and to the crown. And if one of you all were to grant me a passage, I would appreciate that. I just need, I just need somebody to let me in, to just share a body for a period of time. Any takers? I'm literally just doing like the stare and blink. Like. <laughs> so Yolanda's going to think in their head telepathically to uh, Ernest, we need to buy Veil time. Keep him talking. Because if anyone can do that, it's you. And hearing this in his head, Ernest pipes up and says, um, what's, uh, what's in it for me? Hmm. Well... If you were to let me into your body, I would share what I've learned from Coram with you. It would be hard to keep secrets after all, being that close, but I would tell you willingly. I would let you know everything that I know about death, about the withering, about Coram's plans. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And what happens when we're on the other side? Well, then we inform Ezabeth. Failing that, we go to the king. We. Well, unless you've got a a body out there for me to inhabit. Do I look like I came in here with an exit strategy for a soul that wasn't attached for a body? No. You want a body out there, you have to find it on your own. You don't get to keep mine. I'm me. I don't want yours. No offense. I'm just saying. Right now, it's just a means to an end. Because I, like, just, I'm going to be real. Like, there's no way like buddy buddy i'm going to visit Elizabeth or the king no way hmm. but not no way that you'd bring me with you depends on i need a specific bit of information i would need to know if you have what's that did he tell you how to stop the withering hmm. well he didn't hand me an instruction guide but knowing the cause is the first step to finding the solution well, then I don't need you. I already know the cause. Sure you do. The hell does that mean? 
That means I'm willing to bet I know more than you do. Except then, what's to stop me from just asking Coram myself? Nothing. But you seemed eager to go home. I am eager to go home. That doesn't mean I can't ask Coram. Mm-hmm. It's very true. He turns and just points down the tunnel. It's like, well, if you want to go talk to him. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you seem to not understand. Being out there doesn't preclude me from talking to Coram in here. How do you... I would love to see you talk with him right now. Why would I do that when we're about to kick your ass? <laughs> I ain't got time okay. for a prayer right now. Aranus must think he is especially connected to Corum. No, but I got Darwin. <laughs> Just using Darwin as a switchboard now? <laughs> okay. Only sort of. At this point, you feel another tremor. A very strong one, causing some large chunks of stone to fall from the ceiling. Everybody make a dexterity saving throw. Is this something that Vale has to do also? Uh, yes. Let's start in the middle this time. Barreras. 20. Not a crit. A dirty 20. <laughs> okay. Aranus. 19. Darvin. Darvin crit. <laughs> there yes! you go. There's the natural 20. <laughs> Suppression. Sub got a five. Oh. Someone's getting hit by a rock. Iolana. Iolana yeah. uh, got a 14. That seems to be all she's rolling this evening. And Vale? 17. Okay. So suppression is the only one getting hit by rocks. Well, sorry. Suppression is getting hit by rocks, as are all of Churlet and his gang. Yes. They're not especially big. Not yet. No, for not bad damage either. That's just five bludgeoning damage. And as this tremor dies back down a little bit, and Churlet recovers from getting hit by a rock, he looks around, looks at Iolana, and is just like, no, this wasn't you. Who did th- Who's doing this? And he looks around at everybody else. He's assuming one of you is responsible. Oh, I give him a big, like, overdramatic shoulder shrug. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. In which case, Trillet says, well, if it's not one of you, then we've got bigger problems here. Uh, and he quickly gives uh, some orders to the thugs with him who run back down the tunnel trying to gather some intel. Wasted my damn spell slot. Uh, you could have fought them right away. <laughs> I could I could have. Yeah, we could have. I was intrigued by what Charlotte had to say. Uh-huh. Well, he's still got things to say. I know. I don't trust that guy. <laughs> you know, I forgot that the Colonel Faybrook is here with y'all, which is fine. It's not like he had anything to say up until now. Hmm. Who does the Colonel trust most? <laughs> In this crowd? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I like it. my instincts tell me Darvin just because like Darvin's not the one who killed him and he had made an attempt at honest, uh, honest talks before in life. So sounds about right. So from behind, he just puts a hand on your shoulder to get your attention. Darvin He's like, um, if these, uh, if these tremors are being caused by someone, I'm afraid I know who, and if so, then we really got to go. Let's just say that, this isn't my cave, and this certainly wasn't Lorraine's. Okay, let's get the hell out of here then. Yeah, that's a that's a very good idea. Is Vale ready to go yet? Just about, but I have a question before we get to that. You know, the way out is really only for the living. 
So suppression and Barreras. Once all of your companions leave, is this a place where you make a stand and fight? Or I mean, not something we have to answer right now, but I just want you to think about this. Like if the living people leave, that's four people gone and you're left to deal with whatever's still here. So, 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 so. So Colonel Faybrook gives his warning to Darvin, who wisely suggests we all go. Vale probably just needs like another minute, just a very short amount of time between the ice wall, the ice sheet, and all this talking that Aranus has been doing to keep Churlet and the gang distracted. Vale is very close to being finished. Churlet looks at the group again and says, well, I don't know who's doing that, but... If it is someone, something tells me this place may not be safe for long. By all means, talk to Coram if you feel you've got the time. If not, you could just take me with you. Fuck. Anybody? I'm thinking. Just a response. I'm thinking. I'm. Hmm. Had to be that guy, huh? Had to be that guy. It had to be Churlet, or it had to be Scott being a jerk. No, it had to be Churlet. Okay. That guy. Yeah, he's a jerk. There's so there's so many other circumstances. Um, don't even hesitate. Um, nah, I can't have him going to the king about it. <laughs> okay. I mean, likelihood is by the time we get back, he already knows anyway. But like, I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Do Darvin or Iolano want to humor his request? Nope. Now Iolano's got her own life. She's good. Okay. Okay. Then as he's staring at you and just seeing a bunch of rejection on your faces, things start to get wild. Let's get wild. Who wants to have some fun? Let's do it. Just as Charlotte and Chief Deercroft are about to step up the ice and attempt to make their way closer to you, there's a huge tremor rocking the ground. But this time, you see the ground underneath all of your feet individually. Not like one huge thing, but individually underneath you start to open like a hand, like a giant earthen hand. And it is going to reach up and try to grab everybody. So I need everybody who doesn't want to be grabbed (laughs) to make an athletics or acrobatics check. Let me roll for these hands. Who's about to catch these hands? Hopefully nobody. I don't know. Except, that hand rolled pretty good. Bad guys. Okay. Let's do this. Iolana. Iolana got a dirty 20. What about Vale? Dirty 21. Hmm. That's not a thing. I know it's not a thing. All 21s are dirty. Yep. Okay. Suppression. Suppression crit failed. Oh, Ooh. that's fun. Yeah. What about Darvin? Darvin got a 15. Okay. Barreras. Barreras got an 18. And what about Aranus? And 18. And the colonel got... Good for the colonel. Colonel got a 22. Here's what I get to say. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, the hand rolled a 21. Damn. So, Vale and Colonel Faybrook managed to not be grabbed on the hero side. Well, I shouldn't say on the hero side. On the player character side. I don't know how heroic you all are being today. We'll see. So Vale and Colonel Faybrook manage to avoid this giant earthen hand reaching up, as does Churlet as 
He had to leap aside and unfortunately landed on the ice and slipped quite a bit, Yay. but managed not to get grabbed by this hand. Everybody else, you have a very strong stone hand wrapped around your body, probably from about mid-torso down, grappled and immobilized. And then there's a squeeze. And everybody who's grabbed by a hand takes 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Not cool, man. I know it's not cool. Uh, is everybody still alive? Suppression's down to 14, though. <laughs> okay. And didn't you choose to let suppression be down? E. You just want suppression dead. Oh, okay. Charlotte looks around very worried because now there is clear intent behind these actions. And from down the tunnel where he sent those thugs, you hear screams. And then you hear no screams <laughs> as they are suddenly silenced. And someone is walking up the tunnel. Coming around the bend, just down the slope of the tunnel, you see a humanoid-like figure with some features, except made of stone and dirt. Similar to an elemental, but there's a bit more of a refined shape to him. Colonel Faybrook and Churlet immediately look frightened, as if they know who this is. Accompanying this stony person is what at first looks like a construct, but held together by like sections of wood. So there's like metal plating and then like some like some large tree branches holding the limbs to the torso. And there's a faint green glow coming out of a visor. And the stone person addresses everybody. I can't help but notice there are an awful lot of strangers in my cave. Somebody owes me an explanation. I really don't care who. Colonel Faybrook, free of the hands, rushes over to Darwin and says, yeah, whatever he wants, uh, we should probably just give it to him so we can get out of here. This is, yeah, Colonel Fabric will let you know who this is. He knows who this is. He said, that's Cade Mandeville. He is known as Rubillo's Blessed. He is the demigod of land. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blocklin for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. 
Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.